in this episode, I'm going to get into something that is so disturbing that I will have to ask any listeners that don't do well with horrible calls to jump to another episode. I'm not joking on this one. It is actually really bad. With that being said and out of the way, I'm glad everyone could join back and get on this episode and listen in. So, let's go ahead and get into this recording. And actually, I was joking. This is going to be one of those episodes, one of those very few episodes that actually has a good call on it. I'll start that up now. Well, I'm actually not at, on an address. I'm actually on 446. I'm on the phone, honey. I'm, my wife is having a baby, and I'm trying to get to Vanderbilt. Okay. And I just, see your closest mile marker? Uh, I'm, I just got on 440. I'm coming up on... Um, on Nolensville Road right now. I'm trying to get her to uh, to Vanderbilt. I just I don't know when the baby's coming. I've been okay. Okay. Are you on I-440 West or eastbound? Uh, I'm 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 looking at the sign for Nashville Zoo at Grassmere. I see his head coming through right now. Okay. Okay. And what's the phone number you're calling from? Yeah, yeah, I see his head coming through right now. Okay, um, I understand. What's the phone number you're calling from in case we get disconnected? Okay, and what kind of vehicle are you in? I'm in a white uh, lifted uh, Jeep Wrangler. I can see his head coming through right now. Okay, I understand. Just keep her calm, okay? And what is your name? I'm Ryan Thompson. Okay, just stay with me. Are you on the right shoulder or the left shoulder? I'm on the right shoulder. I'm looking at, I'm half a mile from Nolensville Pike right now. Okay. Um, okay, just stay with me. Okay, how old is your wife? She's uh, 29. Okay, so just you and your wife in the vehicle? Yes. Okay, just stay with me. Okay, and you said you can see the head coming out? Yes. Okay, is she just in the passenger seat or in the back seat? She's in the passenger seat. Okay. Should I get off on Nolensville Pike or should I or should I stay on the interstate? Whatever you think is safest. Um, I did let them know exactly where you are. If there's a wide enough shoulder, you can stay on the shoulder, okay? Okay, I'm right here at the exit, basically. Uh, on Nolensville Pike, uh, from from basically like twenty five. There he is. Yeah, there's it. There's it. There's it. Come on, buddy. Come on. Come on, buddy. Come on. Come on. I don't know what to do. His head's out. His okay. head's out. Okay. Okay. Just stay calm for me. Okay. Is he completely out? On, or is it still just the head? Just, just, just his head. Just his head. Okay. Okay. Come on, Bubba. Okay, and is she as late? Is she as far as she can be? It's stuck. Yeah, his head's stuck. Okay. You said it's stuck. Come on, Bubba. Yeah, yeah, she's pushing just his head out right now. 
Okay, just continue to tell her to breathe, okay? Do you have any, like, or extra clothing around you? Yeah, I can get some clothing if I have to. Okay, I just want you to place, like, a clean shirt or a towel just under her buttocks, okay? Just so when the baby is born, we can cover him up, okay? Okay. Okay, and once your head is out, okay, the rest of the body will usually be delivered within the next few instructions, okay? Okay. He's not he's not breathing or he's not moving. Okay. Okay, is he changing color? Uh, his skin is real, real, real pale. Okay. Okay. Now, if the baby is not breathing or crying on its own, okay, rub, rub its back or gently tap on the bottom of the baby's feet once it comes out, okay? Okay. Okay. And when he does completely come out, do not cut or pull on the cord. Okay. All right. You said don't pull on the cord? Don't pull on the cord, okay? Don't try to cut it. Don't pull okay. on it. Just come wrapped up, okay? All right. I'll do my best. You're both doing a great job, okay? Let me know if you need okay? All right. Come on, kid. Come on, kid. There he is. Come on, kid. Come on, kid. Come on. I got you, buddy. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. There will be water and blood with the delivery, okay? This is the I think the cord may be wrapped around his neck. I think the cord's wrapped around his neck. Okay. Okay, if it is, try to try to slip the cord gently over the baby's head using your fingers. There he is, there he is, there he is, there he is, there he is. Okay, he's completely out. Yeah, he's, he's out, he's out. Okay, is the cord still around his neck? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, are you able to gently pull it over his head? Yeah, I got it, I got it, I got it. Okay. There it is, there it is, buddy, okay. there it is. Now, is, is, he making, is he breathing? He's, he's trying to talk. Okay. Okay. Hey, I, on, I want you, if you can, just clean out his mouth and nose with a clean, dry cloth, okay? And if you can, place the baby's skin on the mother's chest. Yeah, he's on, he's on her chest. Okay, is he breathing? There he is, there he is, he's crying, he's crying. Okay, that's great, okay? Come on, baby, it's okay. Okay. If the contractions start up again, okay, it may be the placenta being delivered, okay? Okay. Is this your first baby? Second. Second. You're doing a great job. Good job. Okay, let, Good me, job, know if, let me know if anything changes with the baby so when the paramedics get there, okay? Okay. So far, no, he's fine. He's okay, fine. That's great. That's a good thing, okay? All right. Okay, how's the mother doing? 
doing good. She's doing good. She's doing good. Okay. There you go, buddy. There you go. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. All right. Yeah, he's on her. He's on her chest right now. He's he's crying a little bit. Okay, that's good. Very, very purple. Yeah, he's 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 real purple. Come on, bud. Come on, bud. Okay. Good. Now, do I need to try to do I need to try to tie something around the umbilical cord? No, I, I wouldn't mess Pardon? with that until the paramedics Just make sure he's wrapped up. Right. Okay. Yeah, he's he's completely covered up with a shirt. Okay. And you have your hazard lights on, correct? I do, I do. Okay. Okay, bud. It's okay. Yeah, we're trying to get there to the hospital as quick as we could. Of course, peak Nashville traffic. So I guess I'm crying is a good thing. Yes, crying is definitely a good thing. Yeah, she's doing good. She's doing good. So much for that epidural. Okay, they're huh? getting close to you. Let me know when they're right there with you, okay? I see him. Whatever matter. I'm just going to follow you guys behind. Yeah. Yep, all you need, all you need to do, all you need to do is pop in the van, I'll take care of the rest. I'll follow you there. I'll just stay right there. Okay, let me know when you're right there with her, okay? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Here, him a little bit. Hey, Steven. How are we doing? Well, he's already here. Yeah, he's... Yeah. Is that the medic? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll go ahead and let you go and let them talk to you. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, boy. Actress Katherine Heigl.
a passionate animal advocate who has saved over 16,000 dogs, says she's been seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. She believes there's a link between canine health and diet. After extensive research, she developed Superfood Complete, a dog food pack with over 30 wholesome ingredients, including superfoods beneficial for your furry friend. Superfood Complete isn't just about deliciousness, though dogs love the taste. It's about supporting overall well-being. In addition to providing a healthy option for your pet, Badlands Ranch, the maker of Superfood Complete, also supports the Jason DeBus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue countless dogs and find them loving homes. Dogs across America are trying this food and loving it. Go to BadlandsRanch.com MC911 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to BadlandsRanch.com MC911 today. So as I said, that's one of the calls that is not actually a bad call. It is one that had a good ending everything went pretty well on that uh, i was actually amazed listening to it because just the way that it happened from start to finish these people were actually very close to the hospital when this happened they i know a lot of you're not from nashville but they were going to vanderbilt as they said they were probably no more than maybe five minutes away from there so they just couldn't make it but to talk a little bit more about it i actually have the call taker here anna she was the one that was on the phone with these people while this baby was being born. So before we actually get into the call itself, I'll bring Anna on here and she's going to talk a little bit about her job, your general background, things like that. Anna, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, so at the point of this call, I was in this job for, I'd say, a year and three months. All right, so a year and three months. Uh, What did you do before you did this job? So before this job, technically, I was just a bartender. My dad owned a bar at the time, and I worked there until he helped me get this dispatch job. He said that he knew somebody, that they needed some help at the 911 center, and I just graduated from college at the time, so I gave it to my dad to put it in his hands, and I we applied and went out there for an interview. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And it worked out. So you've been there now for how long? Now it's in March. It'll be two years. Okay. So still kind of a fresh dispatcher then. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So your previous experience working as a bartender, you came in pretty blindly to this job. And I'm guessing just what were your expectations walking into the job kind of blindly like that? I did not have any expectations, honestly. I didn't know if it was going to be chaos every day. I didn't know if what kind of calls we were going to get any day. Yeah, and that's the truth. They We get different calls every day, all day long. You, you never know what's going to come in next. But were you nervous when you first came in? Absolutely. I think I was more nervous about the seasoned people than like the public or myself. I was just wondering, like, what were they going to think of the new people? Oh, okay. So that's more so what I was nervous about at first. Yeah, well, we get a lot of new people, so we're mm-hmm. kind of used to that. It's, and, you know, most of the people up there, we're going to be cool with anybody new starting. So, And that's just about anywhere you go to. But did you find those kind of initial expectations of the job to be true when you were walking in? You, you kind of had these, 
I guess, notions of what would happen with a job. Did, were those true or was it more or less intense from what you thought? I think it was more sporadic than yeah. I thought. Um, one day it could be calm. The next it could be, you know, chaotic. It just goes minute by minute, day by day. Yeah. Is what I learned very quickly. Yeah, you could be sitting there doing nothing at all, be on a, a radio where there's absolutely nothing going on, and then something kicks off and it keeps going all the rest of the day. Do you have any calls that kind of stick out in your mind, something that you took maybe while you were still in training or just otherwise past that? I think there's a few calls that stick with me. They were all in training, I guess being new to the emotions, to the high of listening to these callers going through some of their worst days. Mm -hmm. Um, One that stuck with me is how two children found their mother essentially overdosing. Uh, That hit me hard because at the time I just lost my father like six months prior and it broke my heart to hear two children essentially losing their parent and just hearing the circumstances was awful. And then, you know, hearing another call, hearing a woman take her last breath after crying out that she's going to die is a really hard one as well. And that was in actually one of my first ones by myself. Yeah. And that was hard. Yeah. That's something we've talked about on the show numerous times that while you're going to be there at 911, sitting in that chair, there will be times where you're going to be the last person that someone talks to when they're still alive. And it's, Mm -hmm. there's nothing you can really do to combat that. It's going to happen if you stay there for any length of time and it'll happen multiple times. But the, the one with the overdose, how old were those kids? Do you recall that? I believe it was a brother and sister and I believe they were around 10 and eight years old. And I think there was even a younger sibling that was probably six. Mm -hmm. So they were all between the ages of six to 10. So they were all had no idea what to do. Yeah. I, I mean, you wouldn't really on that. I mean, they, I'm glad they knew to call 911, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's still something like that. You, unless I guess they could have seen it happen or something like that mm-hmm. and just call at that point when they knew something was wrong. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily walking in and finding their parent asleep or something along that lines. That's, mm-hmm. but with the, the whole drug culture the way it is now there are a lot more overdoses than there probably ever was and you can read that on the news any day of the week just about so in this job how long did it actually take you to start to feel confident doing your job and or actually in i guess nearly two years do you feel completely confident in the job honestly not completely Mm -hmm. uh it probably took me a good solid year and a half or maybe when i got into dispatching that i felt more comfortable call taking Uh, because a lot of people say in our job you know you kind of understand more call taking once you're on the radio side absolutely what to look for what to ask because the officers will ask so i think once i got into dispatching is when i got a little bit more comfortable and so you because it's it was done differently i've been there for so long our training was a little bit different than y'all's did you come in and just do your three months rotation and then jump straight in or how do they do that now yeah so when we came in we done i believe it's six weeks of classroom and then we go in doing each shift for a month and then right after that i believe it's three months on our own Mm -hmm. and then we go into dispatch training Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the the three 
uh, I guess the dispatch now is still three months like like it was. Yeah. So you're doing the same rotation and everything. So yeah, you're in there for a good while before you can really start feeling confident about that. And I mean, even then, there's so much. There's just like we said, there's so much different every single day. There are chances of you having to deal with something on almost a daily basis you've never dealt with before. It's always there. Mm-hmm. So you work the same shift I do. We're both on the the first shift. Give me a general rundown of your kind of daily grind. Describe how your days start out and how it rolls into work and then passed into work. So, you know, we pull up 620, I don't know, 630, depending on who you are. Yeah. We walk into roll call, see what our assignments are, and then we go find a desk where we go to whether it's radio or upstairs call taking and then we sit down have the call start um once we get in there usually it's a whole lot of alarm calls before anything else Mm -hmm. yeah they they call a lot yeah Mm -hmm. so like you said we actually start our shift very early in the morning earlier than most uh, other places and that's by design so we don't get caught in all the traffic and stuff like that you'd have and you know for rush hour or whatever but uh you know for me i get up very early i'm sure you probably do too what to give everybody an idea of when does your alarm go off my alarm typically goes off at 5 15 in the morning okay 5 15 in the morning most people getting up to go to work they're still you know sound asleep at that point uh, I'd, I'd love to be one of those people that can just like in the movies wake up and walk downstairs and have a nice breakfast leisurely and then just walk out the door with a beverage and maybe a donut in my hand, you know, paper under the arm type <laughs> stuff. But no, that doesn't happen. My alarm here, because I live, live a little bit further away, it typically goes off the first time at about 4.30 in the morning. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a rough grind sometimes doing that. So let's circle back around to the call that we just heard a little bit ago. I guess my first question would be, is this the actual first pregnancy call that you had where there was a delivery? Yeah, absolutely my very first one. Okay, had you had any calls regarding pregnant women before that? Maybe not necessarily a delivery. Yeah, I believe I have had one before that. That was a close call. Mm -hmm. Like, she was at home thinking she was about to give birth, but medics got there before anything happened. Yeah. So this was definitely my real birth. Yeah, that's that actually happens quite often, too. I'd say in any given week, we'd probably take one call where someone is having some sort of either pregnancy-related problems or they're starting to go into labor. Yeah. What part of that call actually made it sink in that this is really going to happen? Like, this baby is going to be born right here now on the side of the interstate in a car. I think as soon as they said they were on the interstate and I heard his wife screaming, mm-hmm. that I realized, yeah, this is coming quicker than we think. Yeah. And if I recall, that's... It wasn't her first delivery. That was what I think her second kid is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and you know, for people out there that don't know, generally when you have more than one kid, the second one goes, the the actual labor process is a lot quicker than the first time. So you did a great job on what you had to do on this early on in the call though, the baby, it just pretty much pops itself out. Uh, Luckily uh, on that end, you didn't have to do too much, but later in the call is when it got pushed up to a next level type situation it wasn't a standard birth the baby came out not breathing and this for the first few seconds anyways actually pretty normal for 
you know, the first few, just few seconds. The umbilical cord, though, was wrapped around the neck. That's not standard. And to compound this, we dispatchers, the majority of us, I mean, there's a few that are licensed EMTs, things like that. We are taught uh, some just basic medical things. We can help give CPR. We can deliver babies, help to stop bleeding, things along that line. But we are not, obviously, doctors. We, we don't have that vast medical experience. We generally will just go along with whatever our protocols or medical protocols that are set in front of us. They're accurate. They'll, they'll give us almost any situation that we need. It'll give us help getting through that. That week, I believe you said that we, that was the week we changed from one medical protocol to another one. So the system in general, that was something else we had to overcome. Yeah. So kind of walk me through that. Like what, what was that like going from one where you were just still kind of in the process of learning that one and then jumped into this one that's a completely different, it's the, the actual instructions are the same, but the way that we do this is different right so the system that i came in with we were just getting comfortable say with cpr or narcan or something to that effect and when they told us that we were changing to a whole different set of let's say rules Mm -hmm. on how we deal with medical calls it was a little stressful because we like like you said we were just getting used to what we had before and when this call came in, I think it was like day two that it became official, that we were set to use it from that point on. And to deal with something so high stress with something that I wasn't completely ready for was all in itself something stressful. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> that's the name of our game in general. But <laughs> yeah. but with that, that, that's so much more added stress on top of it. You're jumping around like please mm-hmm. you know i hope i hope i can do this but you handle that every bit of it just really really well and going with the umbilical cord around the neck mm-hmm. that's something that is absolutely not standard uh you you've got the instructions from getting the, the finger around it and try to loose loosen it up and bring it off of the neck all that was done you know really well and i'm i'm glad you were able to find those instructions even though they were probably new and you're like okay i hadn't thought about using this just yet you know, yeah it's and all the time I think I've been there, I don't think I've ever had to say, you know, take the umbilical cord from around the neck. That's right. Yeah. So new stuff for everybody and then new for you with that protocol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially with this call, it just seemed like every time her husband would say something, I'm jumping two different lines in our procedure or protocol to be like, Oh, okay, this is this is what I'm saying. This is what we're going through. It luckily everything happened in the order it did for me yeah. to like easily see like okay, this is what we got to do next. Yeah, and that that was the other thing I was going to say too on on that same note that it seemed like every time that he would open his mouth, there was something new like yep. you know, oh, the the baby's head's about to pop out. Okay, oh, the baby's born. Baby's not breathing. The baby has a umbilical cord around his neck. Right. I was just waiting for saying, "Oh, there's a second baby and it's coming out sideways." <laughs> right. You know, something along that that lines and it it didn't happen luckily. Mm-hmm. So that was the only one, but still that's something that you, you know, you did really well on, especially with that new system. I was very surprised at that. Kind of on that same note, a lot of people think once you actually have the baby delivered that that is the end of the the game at that point it's not 
there's a lot of aftercare, which you address that too, you know, trying to wrap the baby up and keep the baby warm and, you know, things along that lines. Um, so you, again, handled that very well and kept it going because it did take the paramedics a little while to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in one instance, there's something in there that we have to say if the baby is coming out, you know, find some cloth or clothing. And I don't think in the card that we have, it says clothing. I believe it says dry towel. Yes. And in my head, you know, it all happened so fast. And I was like, well, they're in a car on the interstate. What much can they do? Like, how are they going to clean this baby with in a split second being on the interstate? So it was just those little things in a matter of seconds that you think of as you're talking, as you're going through this call that people don't realize either. Yeah. I mean, if you're in a hospital, that's one thing. They've got people there to do that for you. They're, I mean, obviously people there to do all of it for you, but mm-hmm. just that little bit of extra, you know, trying to clean off, clean the baby off and and just making sure that the baby and mother are both comfortable and and then obviously after birth, that type stuff, there's a lot to within that, you know, past that too. Let's talk for a minute about how long it took for the ambulance to get to the scene. So I, I think the call itself was what well, was about ten and a half, eleven minutes long, something around that. Yeah, yeah. So they had stopped on the side of the interstate, and uh, I think I've mentioned earlier in the episode, it's about five minutes away from the hospital. But they stopped, knowing we can't make that five minutes. It's going to happen right now. But even with that, the the care that was given for the mother, the baby, you know, delivering the baby on the side of the road, it it had to happen. We're sending out the ambulance, and 10 and a half, 11 minutes later, you're on the phone with these people. This Stuff like this happens, even though this was pretty close to the middle of our city. It was not out in the middle of, it, of nowhere, but just because an interstate, it's a controlled access location. It's not easy to get to, and I'm not sure exactly where the medic was coming from or anything like that. It took a little bit, so right. that's just another kind of... Uh, nature of the beast type thing for our line of work while you were sitting there on the phone waiting were you nervous waiting for so long did it feel kind of like a a lot of people say when you're calling in on 911 the smallest amounts of time feels like it's forever did you feel that way on the, the actual call taking into this on this particular call in the moment it felt like it was the fastest call ever oh really but when i got done with it i was just thinking because typically in medical calls if they're longer than i believe it's seven minutes we have to notify our supervisors you know hey been on this call for i think it was honestly 13 minutes total yeah and i did not realize that this whole call was 13 minutes long yeah because everything happened so fast in the call and I didn't realize that it was 13 minutes long. Yeah, that, that's one of the things a lot of people don't think about with what we do is that there might be some little bits of silence on the calls, which actually I, I don't think there's very much at all in yours, like downtime, silence, whatever. It's not like you're just sitting there. You're actively doing stuff. You're typing in, trying to update what's going on now. You're you're looking further into that medical protocol that we that I was talking about, that we were talking about trying to figure out if there's something else that's going to have to be done what's the next step you're wanting to do and things like that are just not always cut and dry but moving on to a pretty cool part of this past what it already was it was pretty cool in the first place 
uh, you actually made it on the news on several outlets uh, around the world, actually, I believe. We were just sitting here talking about it and found articles as far away as England about you helping deliver this baby. So yeah. that's really cool. I'm going to go ahead and play uh, one of our local news stations. They had a uh, segment on this, and it's, it's pretty cool to listen to. 911 calls detail the scary moments a Nashville mom went into labor on the side of Interstate 440. Now, News 2's Nikkel Smith has the story the couple will be telling for many years to come. Your emergency. Well, I'm actually not at, on an address. I'm actually on 440. That's Ryan Thompson calling 911 Wednesday morning. I'm on the phone, honey. I'm. My wife is having a baby. His pregnant wife, Gayla, in the front seat in labor. The contractions got so bad, I got quiet. Like, instead of screaming all of a sudden, I just couldn't even scream. And I realized, crap, like, now is we're having a road baby. She'd been having contractions the day before, but thought they were Braxton Hicks, which were false labor pains. They say kids under 12 aren't allowed inside the hospital, so they had to take their five-year-old to daycare in Mount Juliet before heading to Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Nashville. She wanted me to speed with you know, hazards on and do this, and I just, I would rather get us there safely. Um, and based on how quickly he came out, he, we weren't going to make it. Regardless. They pulled over on I-440 near Nolansville Pike. Yeah, yeah, I see his head coming through right now. With 911 dispatchers on the phone. There he is, yeah, there he is, there he is, there he is. Come on, buddy, come on. Come on, buddy, come on, come on. I don't know what to do, his head's out. His okay. head's out. Okay, okay, just stay calm for me. Just want you to place, like, a clean shirt or a towel just under her buttocks, okay? During her labor, they noticed something was wrong. He's not breathing or he's not moving. Okay, is he changing color? Uh, his skin is real, real, real pale. We realized his cord was wrapped around his neck. The tense moment captured on the 911 call. Try to slip the cord gently over the baby's head using your fingers. There he is, there he is, there he is, there he is, there he is. Okay, he's completely out. Yeah, he's, he's out, he's out. Gala is a photographer and made sure the moment was on camera. You don't even realize it's happening. You just you let instincts take over and, and kind of just do what you got to do. Baby Carson, whose name they picked before his birth, weighed seven pounds, three ounces, and is doing well after being taken to the hospital with his mom. His birth certificate, they called us and they said, hey, we don't see an address for his birth. Like, where where do we put his birth certificate? will literally say I-440 by Nolansville Pike. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which is like the coolest part of this yeah. story. A story they're grateful has a happy ending. Reporting in Nashville, Nikkel Smith, News 2. And my producer just pointed out, I wasn't really getting it, but Carson, car, son, like born in the car, that's crazy. And even past that, to add a cheer to the top of this cake, they actually came up and met you, didn't they? Yeah, just probably a month or two later. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was pretty exciting because... It actually was a complete surprise to me. So two of my good friends and coworkers that work with us, they set it up like two weeks prior to me being surprised that they contacted the family and wanted all of us to meet. And I thought originally it was just going to be some interview with the news station and come to find out it was the family. And I was so surprised and it, it was shocking. 
Oh, well, that's still really cool though to get to meet people firsthand that you helped like that. That's that's pretty that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, that's going to pretty much finish off this episode, and uh, I want to thank Anna for coming all the way down here and being a guest on the show. I'm I'm grateful to have you here, and I'm sure that those people on the side of the road having that road baby, like they said, yeah, I'm sure they they were happy to have you on the phone with them. Yeah, it's been a great time tonight, and I'm always very pleased that i was the one chosen to be their call taker and experience that with them essentially uh it's been a joy to watch him grow every day since and yeah i can't wait to see him on his first birthday oh that's really cool are you invited to that is it yep yep i was invited like a week ago so so i'm pretty excited to just watch him through the years oh that is cool let's see i didn't even know any of that that stuff so that's that's even you know more icing on the cake you know right well, for Music City 901, I'm Brandon. I'm Anna. Y'all have a good one.